0: Before we begin, this podcast deals with several heavy topics over the course of its four episodes, including topics of violence and mental health. We advise parental discretion if listening with children.
1: In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it.
2: They arrested us and handcuffed us. We all knew... We would face detention this time. We were handcuffed to stakes in the ground, with both hands cuffed. In the middle of the night, he started to interrogate us, one by
0: one. Yang Xiaohui and her husband are church planners in a city in northern China. Her husband recently emerged from a year in jail. This summer, She was taken from her kids, and went to jail herself for 15 days. How did she end up like this? Why is China imprisoning house church Christians? This podcast aims to follow her testimony of persecution and Christ's power. Through Xiao Hui's experience, we hope you get a glimpse of the story of the modern Chinese house church.
1: this is the house church in China this podcast is a true story of how Yang Xiaohui suffered but why her suffering was worth it It's a story of what happened to her in jail and how the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it calm,
3: calm my
0: heart. fill me with your joy and And show
1: Yang Xiaohui is an orphan, a mother, and a pastor's wife She is also a Chinese Christian She is trying to follow God in a time and place where personal faith becomes a very public matter when attached to the church. Although she has only a fifth grade education, she is an eloquent champion for her public faith. She may not have an advanced degree, but she knows how to proclaim God's love and power, to let the light shine bright. How did a humble, ordinary woman like Yang Xiaohui end up in jail? To answer that, we must understand Xiaohui, her church, and the society where she lives. In recent decades, China has changed at breakneck speed. Foreign business people have drooled at the prospect of making money by selling to China's billions. Inside China, millions of normal people have clawed their way up the ladder, rising to the middle class. Some accumulated fabulous wealth. Others were left behind. In 2011, British newspaper The Guardian wrote this as a reported on China's urbanization. Quote, The pace of change is so rapid, the transition so sharp, that its citizens are increasingly bewildered by their surroundings. Of quote. China's lightning-quick pace of change has created a complicated society. Life has, in many ways, become easier. At the same time, Many people openly bemoan their country's loss of a moral compass People look out for themselves And many seem unconcerned about their neighbors' needs The culture can be cutthroat Profit and money are the new God Lies come easily One house church pastor, Simon Liu, describes China as a dog-eat-dog society A place where people devour each other without remorse This AP report of a well-known incident about a decade ago tells that story.
3: China is doing a little soul-searching after this heartbreaking video began making the rounds. It shows a two-year-old girl being struck by a van, not once, but twice, as more than a dozen people walk, drive, and cycle by, ignoring her, leaving her to lie in a pool of her own blood. The scene unfolded Thursday and was captured by a surveillance camera. A garbage worker eventually comes to the girl's side and picks her up. She is alive, but in a coma. The parents say they want nothing more than for her to recover. However, doctors say if she survives, she'll likely remain in a vegetative state. The drivers of both vehicles have been arrested. However, the public outrage is directed mainly at those who went by and did not help. One television commentator says the morality of the whole country has taken a hit. And others say it just illustrates the corrosive effect that China's headlong pursuit of economic growth has had on public ethics. Rita Foley, The Associated Press.
0: The Chinese Communist Party, or CCP, is well aware of the nation's societal problems. It tries to resolve them by promoting their own ethical standards through propaganda and education. In this environment, the light shines in the darkness. Xiaohui is one woman, but her experience is a microcosm of a larger societal clash she and her church submit to Christ above all others. At the same time, their joyful and sacrificial love shines brightly in a dark time. Their determination has also created some big problems for them, though.
1: So, if the CCP tries to promote their own ethical standards, who gets to determine what's right and wrong? Xiaohui and her house church have been labeled illegal The Chinese government often uses this term for undesirable factions of society. Other groups with this label include cults involved in murder and extortion, or so-called Tibetan underworld forces. Most people assume illegal groups deserve any trouble they may reap. For most of Chinese history, citizens owe their highest loyalty to the emperor. Today, the CCP has replaced the emperor. The government demands its citizens enthusiastic love and loyalty. Most people bend the knee. Some do this with nationalistic order. Many simply passively submit, so authorities will leave them alone. Most normal, ordinary people want to avoid sensitive topics and keep out of trouble. Many Chinese acknowledge injustice exists in China, but they're not invested in changing unjust laws. Even if some people are frustrated by the lack of freedom to express themselves openly, most people are satisfied to live and be left alone. Having food on their tables and a steadily improving quality of life is so different from what older generations experienced during the wars, famines, and revolutions of the 20th century. A lot of Chinese are content with the status quo. But this bargain, doesn't work for many house churches. Their problems is they believe in something more than stability and a complacent life. Their faith requires public allegiance to a Lord who is higher than their earthly rulers. Here's what a house church pastor in Southeast China said about how he views his nation. No culture. No king, no institution can save this country Like economic prosperity, these are all temporary And they will all pass away The gospel shows me that Jesus alone is the one king with whom God is pleased He alone is the way, the truth, and the life He is our hope Believers do not have to organize against their leaders to attract suspicion to earn the hostility of the Chinese government, all these Christians have to do is to remain committed to the Church, to the Great Commission, and to Christ as the only true head of the Church. When earthly laws conflict with the laws of the Kingdom of Heaven, Christians like Xiaohui refuse us to stay out of trouble.
0: But what exactly is a house church? In China, house churches, known as jiao Jiahui, do not necessarily meet in houses. Instead, a house church is any church that has not registered with the Chinese government or the Chinese Communist Party. House churches might meet in a hotel, in a rented office space, or sometimes in a home. According to the Center for House Church Theology, they are called house churches because they, quote, do not submit to the religious oversight of the government-sanctioned church. Politically, they are not legally recognized and have no legal rights, such as the right to own property or to assemble. Therefore, they are always at risk of having their services shut down, their property confiscated, and their leaders prevented from traveling or speaking publicly." Quote. House churches exist in urban areas and in the countryside, They hold many different theological beliefs, but all insist on remaining independent from government oversight. Not all house churches or house church Christians experience persecution, but because they refuse to participate in the state church, the house church path has often been marked by suffering. And yet, Christians are not the only Chinese to be persecuted. For the Chinese government, the important question is not just, what do you believe? The ultimate question is, who is your Lord? The Chinese government's primary concern is whether a religion is submitting to their authority. Here's an example. In 2018, for the first time in 1,500 years, the Shaolin Buddhist temple raised the Chinese national flag to the tune of the Chinese national anthem. That event now happens regularly. Why did a Buddhist temple have a patriotic ceremony? Because the Chinese government believes one of religion's most important purposes is to help the people love the Chinese Communist Party more. In Xinjiang, Uyghur Muslims continue to face genocide. One of the reasons for this harsh persecution is that the Chinese government does not believe Uyghur loyalties lie primarily with the Chinese state. Because of this, their culture and society must be brought to complete subjection. Christians have not faced nearly the same level of systematic persecution and oppression as Uyghurs. But because house church Christians insist Jesus is Lord over the church, not the government, they become targets of the government's suspicion. These Christians believe all human authority comes from God. All Chinese house churches maintain that Jesus alone is the head of the church. Their ultimate loyalty lies with Christ and his heavenly kingdom.
1: All this returns us to our initial question How did Yang Xiaohui end up in jail? A few weeks ago, I heard a Chinese Christian joke about how Christians who are thrown in jail become chaplains for the Chinese prison system I've heard this before Xiaohui became an ambassador of Christ in prison because she believes the gospel proclaims a kingdom The gospel is not private Christ's light is a public matter Jesus said, Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. It cannot be kept quiet. Xiaohui is a citizen of Christ's kingdom, and she lives by the rule of heaven. She tells others about that kingdom. She worships alongside others who believes as she does. Xiaohui's husband, Tan Jian, who planted their church in 2018, first served a 15-day detainment in 2021. After his first release, he wrote, I have pleaded our case with police officers, officials, and even my fellow inmates. To them, our words do not count. Our voices are not important enough to be heard. And even our proclamation of God's word is nothing but a lie. Christ, on the cross, was long ago presumed guilty by the world. Chinese society, Chinese officials, and Chinese law say Xiaohui, Tanjian, and house churches are guilty. These officials claim house churches are disturbing social stability by refusing to register and submit. House churches, though, say government verdicts do not make them guilty of wrongdoing. Christ determines guilt and innocence, Xiaohui is determined to live by Christ's law in a society that tells a different story. How are house church Christians responding to this pressure?
0: Although Xiaohui's preacher husband has been seized and interrogated many times before, his first 15-day detainment was very difficult for her. Although Xiaohui fully expected her house church to face pressure, she didn't welcome it. When persecution came, she didn't feel courageous or bold. That was a period of
2: torment for me. The 15 days when he was
0: detained. During the two weeks of her husband's first detainment, Xiaohui was feverish, frightened, and unable to sleep. She felt ashamed, and she hid her husband's arrest from her own unbelieving family members. Government officials turned off the water, heat, and electricity for their rented house church space to discourage believers from gathering. Her church asked Xiaohui and her young daughter to move into the apartment and watch over it. But that was impossible in the midst of northern China's bitter winter. Some friends distanced themselves from her, not wanting to attract trouble. Others warned the police might raid her home at any moment to search for incriminating material. Each night, before she and her seven-year-old daughter went to sleep, Xiao Hui dragged her sick body through the apartment she piled a stack of stools against the door, hoping to slow any attempts to break in. I was in the midst of being tormented
2: by the fearfulness of my heart, the physical torment and oppression from the outside world. It was the weakest time. I can remember since I came to the Lord fear, stress and sickness all tangled together. I was very vulnerable.
0: It can be easy to believe that persecuted believers might be fearless superhumans, but that's far from true. During Tan Tian's first imprisonment, Xiao Hui was sick, scared, ashamed, and anxious. She was embarrassed to share his arrest with unbelieving family, and she worried about her son and young daughter. Yet eventually, she determined to stop trying to hide their troubles. Although many people maligned her faith, she decided she would not accept the shame they heaped on her. From this point on, she would openly explain that she, her husband, and their church were innocent of wrongdoing. In my own words, I am letting go and
2: would no longer hide anything. From this incident, I also feel that if I didn't make this public and if I didn't speak up, it would actually become a bondage for me.
1: Although Tan Jian was sentenced to fifteen days in his first prison stint, indefinite extension of the sentence was a possibility. In fact, just a few months before, some of his friends had been sentenced to fifteen days. Instead, those brothers remained in jail for months. In January of twenty twenty one, Xiao Hui's father in law was nearing death from cancer. As a filial Chinese son, Tan Jian ought to be present to care for his father. But because he was in jail, he might not be able to fulfill his most important duty.
2: I got myself into the fear that he wouldn't be released. After the 15 days had passed, and it was day 16 when I had to pick him up, I was worried. In my heart that he might be arrested and detained again after he had just been released but I had to let go that day my plan was that if he didn't come back on that day I would go back to my hometown and tell my relatives he had been arrested then I would indeed go and look after his father. I would go and serve his parents for him.
1: At the end of his 15-day detention, Tan Jian was released home. A few weeks later, he was present with his father when he died. He buried his father, and comforted his mother. But in November of 2021, less than a year later, Xiaohui's husband was taken away again. This time for over a year and was only recently released.
0: on the next episode of The House Church in China. Less than a year later, in the summer of 2022, Yang Xiaohui was also put in jail. I told my son to go back
2: inside. I'm going with the officer. I'm going right now. Take care of your little sister. After that, I left with the policeman
3: I see eternity in faces of the saints,
1: and you will not abandon us to hopelessness.
0: In... Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to The House Church in China, um, our new podcast. We're excited to get it out to you. I'm here with my co-host, Ryan, and we thought it would be helpful for us to have a, a section at the end where we could just chat through Questions we're thinking about application points that we see for uh, Christians living outside of China, particularly in North American contexts. Um, yeah, just to try to bring it down a level, um, bring it home a little bit. Um, so I'm gonna let my my co-host introduce himself a little bit. Um, he's a very fascinating person. So Ryan, tell us about yourself.
1: <laughs> Hello, I am not that fascinating. But um, I am simply a pastor in Cincinnati, Ohio in the PCA Church, but I'm also the translation manager for China Partnership. I grew up in China and came to this country for middle school and high school and have lived there since lived here since then. and I live in Cincinnati with my family, uh, my two kids and my wife. and my mom also lives in a household, so it's a busy and full house.
0: <laughs> I um, live in Pittsburgh. And that's actually where we're recording this. So, welcome to Pittsburgh, Ryan. Um, I'm I kind of say that I'm from Pittsburgh culturally. Um, my extended family is all from Pittsburgh, um, but actually, I, I've only lived a relatively small fraction of my life here. I've lived a lot, a lot of different places. I've lived on. Um, I think I've lived in like ten cities across three different continents. And yeah, I, I am on staff with China Partnership. I'm our content director, and I also work with a new um, group called the Center for House Church Theology. I'm the managing director over there. And my passion and my desire is to get um, the stories and the words of the Chinese house churches out for the global church. Um, I think we have so much that we could be learning from Chinese Christians. And um, yeah, so I guess on that note, Ryan, I know um, you had some thoughts from this episode. Um, I think particularly some things that you thought might be helpful to unpack a little bit more. Um, Yeah, so so tell me what you're thinking about.
1: Yeah, I think one thing that really jumped out to me when I first read the story is the social bargain that I mentioned in the middle of this episode about the Chinese society and the Chinese government. And it actually reminded me a lot of two other places. One is um, the well, Czechoslovakia back then of how a lot of these authoritarian regimes rely on the citizens to stay quiet and put their heads down. So in Czechoslovakia, and I studied abroad there one, some, one semester, and Vaclav Havel wrote a book about how people just submit by simply putting up a sign of slogan for the Communist Party on their storefront. And these shop owners put up that sign not because they believe it or they care about it. They just put put it up so that the government could leave them alone. And that's kind of the social bargain that government had with the people is that, you know, you comply with us even without any personal interest at all, we will leave you alone. And that kind of came to mind. And the other thing was just recently, a Washington Post, I think it was an article about how Russia broke the social contract with the citizens with the war in Ukraine. And if you remember, at the beginning of the war, people didn't really care. And Russians, I mean, they, they felt the pain of the economic sanctions, but they mostly stayed quiet and even supported government. But when Putin started drafting his citizens, that's when people started running away and escaping the country because now the contract was broken. That you know they didn't care what Putin could do and what kind of injustice the government commits as long as the government leaves them alone. But as soon as that started affecting them and having a negative impact on them, that's a violation of the social bargain. And you can see that in China too recently with the with the protests and COVID. You know, it's COVID was annoying. It's um. It's been a very major disruption in life in China for a lot of ways. But people lived a fairly normal life until more recently when all these draconian lockdowns started happening. And more and more and longer and longer, that's when people started to revolt. Because again, this bargain is broken, that people are being violated in their quiet life, that, that government somehow is in not leaving them alone anymore. So this is kind of interesting how that came out in this episode. And of course, for the Chinese ch- house church, this bargain never existed because they were never left alone. They, they had to submit and comply to the government as their lord.
0: Hmm.
1: And that's something they wouldn't do.
0: Hmm. Yeah, one thing I've been thinking a lot about, um, especially in, in the light of these recent protests is just you know, what the opportunities for revival are, because I think often, you know, in places where that bargain is broken, you know, where people's sense of of security and safety and, um, you know, essentially not really thinking too much about the big questions because the bargain is keeping them content when it's broken. And I think you see this in the history of China, there's, there's such an opportunity to preach the gospel and there's such an opportunity to come in and say, hey, <laughs> you know that this bargain isn't worth it um, if in the light of eternity, um, you don't have a better security and a better hope in life. Um, yeah, that's super interesting and I think um, there's a lot to think about there, not even just for China, but you know I, I find myself asking, you know what are the bargains we've made in our own societies? You know now I I don't know that I've thought about that question enough to <laughs> to give an answer, but I think it's one that I want to sit with longer and think through. Is you know in my own life, are there areas where I have um, accepted, um, you know, a comfort or a stability? Um, in a way that, um, you know, in some, somehow has dulled <laughs> my walk with Christ or, you know, um, hampered my walk with Christ. And and um, where do we need to confront our own bargains, you know, that we've made either individually or, you know, as families or on really big national level scales, you know, Um but I think yeah your your point about um, how much it it comes down to who's your Lord is spot on and and that's what um, you know we're, we're trying to highlight
1: yeah and I think part of the bargain is the Chinese government wants to feed you the idols of money as you God prosperity comfortable life as you God so as as long as people have that, they're willing to submit to that bargain but as long but once someone sees eternity sees a higher lord and a higher purpose to life then they could see through this bargain as a cheap exchange for the true comfort the true life and i think that's when the bargain means nothing to them and they need to speak out and so it's only having a higher perspective could they see through this bargain
0: yeah i we you and i both work with someone um, who will, who will leave unnamed? Who's um, Chinese and and works with house churches across China, and he always talks about how um, the question that's really at stake is this question of um, where's your allegiance, and the way he puts it is is who do you love? You know that that the CCP is asking its people who do you love more than anything else. And I, and I think that is a question that Christians everywhere all around the world can identify with. We all have idols that are challenging us and tempting us for our ultimate love in life. Um, and I think even though China feels very far away for a lot of people, you know, those, those idols of money and material comfort and wealth and power um, those are those are human idols <laughs> they mm-hmm. don't belong to just one yes. place or time or culture um, and so um, Christ's kingship and his lordship over our lives in those areas um, that is a huge way in which we are you know united with our brothers and sisters in China. Um, some of our most fundamental questions that we struggle with in life are very similar, whether we're in North America or in China. It might look different in the details of how it gets played out, but a lot of the basic temptations and struggles are the same. Well, let's um, wrap up there. Um, We are excited to uh, keep going with this story. Um, There's really a lot of um, great stuff to unpack in it. We'll be back next time. Um, Please tell friends, your churches, anyone you can think of about this podcast. Help get the word out. And uh, thank you for listening. The House Church in China is written by E.F. Gregory and is a production of China Partnership. It is hosted by me, Hannah Nation.
1: And by me, Ryan Zhang.
0: Yang Xiaohui is voiced by Rachel Chen. To protect their identity, we are using pseudonyms for Chinese citizens. Sound Engineering by Jon Stewart and Mixing by Robbie Bruckenridge. Our songs this week are Psalm 4 and Faces of the Saints, Psalm 16 by Daniel Stoke. Additional music by IB Audio and PremiumBeat.com. Special thanks to City of Reform Presbyterian Church for use of their space and equipment. And please, as you finish listening to this episode, take a moment to pray for the church in China. Calm my
3: heart Fill me with
0: your joy And songs of praise Rest, let me rest cover me with love
2: and